Thanks, praise and worship team. Can you stay, Jordan, please? Well, I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas. It was good. It was, like Joan said, it was a busy Christmas. It seemed like we were going from place to place, and then we'd have people over. Um, we had my family over one Sunday, or one Sunday, one day, and then the next day we had Jared's family. My family, uh, which you know, the Steads, they all showed up in crazy Christmas sweaters. Uh, Jordan, my brother, showed up in a house coat, a red house coat, so it was Christmassy, a red woman's house coat, might I add, which he was very proud of. And uh, he had special Christmas earrings. And um, my sister showed up with special Christmas glasses. It was just, it was delightful. We were all, we were decorated as well. Uh, Luke, who's standing around the corner, showed up in leggings, Christmas leggings from our deans with a belly shirt. So. It was, it was a good Christmas. We're thankful for time spent with family. Uh, I'm going to bring a word this morning that, it, you know, it was kind of interesting. I was kind of, you know, um, trying to decide whether or not I was going to bring it this Sunday or next Sunday or, you know, what, what was kind of going to go down. And as I was waking up on Saturday morning, I was dreaming and I was dreaming that I was writing the word for this morning and as and I was typing it on the computer and as I was typing it God was downloading what I was going to say so I knew okay okay so it's it's to be brought today so um I'm going to go into that but before I'm going to start father we thank you for your presence in your presence is absolutely everything that we need and so, Father, I thank you this morning for a time of refreshing. That people would feel invigorated today because of your presence. Father, I thank you for your joy in this place. For those that are carrying heaviness, Father, I thank you that they are refreshed and that they walk out full of joy. For those that are going through a hard time in their life, Father, I thank you that your peace brings them comfort. I thank you, Father, that there is a healing anointing in this place for minds, for bodies, for hearts to be healed today. I thank you that this place is a place of miracles, that there'll be recreative miracles that happen in this place. I thank you that this place will be a place where the spirit of depression is broken off people's lives. Addictions broken, deliverance, thank you, Father. Father, we stand in awe of who you are. The kind of God that is God over all, that is on the throne, that reigns supreme, but is yet so incredibly loving and merciful 
and gentle. Father, we stand in awe of you. Father, as I bring this word this morning, God, I need you. I need you. I need you, Father. I need your grace. I need your anointing. I don't want it to be about me, God. Let it be all about you. All about your glory. Use me however you want to use me. I love you. Thank you, Father. So, if most of you know, all right, I should say most of you have talked to me lately. If you've talked to me, you've probably heard me say this verse. And this verse, I know will be our theme for 2019. No, it doesn't rhyme like we used to, one by one in 91 and all that kind of stuff. I don't even remember some of them. We used to, we used to have banners in the 90s that going into 2000 or going into the new year, we would have a saying and it would be our saying and it would be hung in the back. That's not the kind of theme I mean. But God gave me this scripture verse in early December and I have, I have been quoting it on a regular basis, and it's this, Psalms 27. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. I would have lost heart had I not believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Let me tell you this, that I know that we will begin to see things that we have waited for and stood and believed. We will see the manifestation of this in 2019. Uh, God just keeps saying that the, the things that you have that the things that you have stood and believed for that you will see it the word uh, believed in there means this nourished established trusted nursed and supported I would have lost heart had I not nourished myself with the expectation of the goodness of God had I not nursed myself had I not established myself had I not supported myself. The other word, um, goodness, means this, that I would have, sorry, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of God. The word goodness means this, good things, prosperity, fairness, the beauty, the joy, the best, the good, it means good in the widest of sense. So, not just good, that you wouldn't just see good things, but that you would see good beyond what you could expect. In the widest sense, in the broadest sense, you'll see the goodness of God. And then it means gladness and to go well with. Then he says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. That word Wait in the Strongs, it means to wait in faith. So that was the one verse that 
has been echoing. And I just, every time I talk to someone, I would have lost heart had I not believed that I'd see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I know that, that we are going to see some incredible things in 2019. But I also know that he gave some instruction. And it, he gave me Psalms 45, 9, and it was this. Now listen, daughter, pay attention and forget about your past. Put behind every attachment to the familiar, even those who once were close to you. So this giving an instruction saying, now, now, right now, now it's time to listen. Pay attention, forget about your past, and put behind every attachment to the familiar. Uh, one of the things that God was showing me is that what's coming, what we're going to see, is not going to look like anything that we've seen before. And so when he's saying to lay aside your attachment to the familiar, to, the, to what we know, is because what's coming isn't going to look like anything we've seen before. It's going to be different. And so we can't be attached to what was or how things were or how great things were or how things were done this way or this is the way it's always been done or this is, this is what this should look like. He's saying, no, you can't have any attachment to the familiar. Because what's the Bible say? I'm doing a new thing, right? So pay attention, He's saying, listen, listen to what I'm saying. Listen to, to uh, my voice speaking to you and pay attention. Look, see, perceive, what am I doing? Leave your past behind you. Don't pick it up and get rid of the attachment to the familiar. In Psalms 46, 8 to 11, it says, everyone look, come and see the breathtaking wonders of God. For he brings both ruin and revival. He's the one who makes conflicts end throughout the earth, breaking and burning every weapon of war. Surrender your anxiety, be silent and stop your striving, and you will see that I am God. I am the God above all nations, and I will exalt throughout the whole earth. He here he stands, the commander, the mighty Lord of the angel armies is on our side. The God of Jacob fights for us. When I was reading this verse, and he says, come and see the breathtaking wonders of God. This is going to be a year of wonder. And he says, for he brings both rune and revival, that there is a beginning of a revival that is beginning, that is being stirred up, that you're beginning to see and it won't be like what you thought or what you've seen before but also when I read this it says he brings both ruin and revival that there have been those that have had assignments sent on their life to bring them ruin that the enemy has has sent assignments after your life to ruin you to ruin the call on your life to to go after it to to destroy you and God said when I was reading this that those things that have come to ruin you, he says, I am going to bring them to their ruin. And then it says, surrender 
your anxiety. Be silent and stop your striving and you will see that I am God. When you stop trying to do it on your own, by yourself, when you, when you stop striving to be in his presence, striving to, to make things work for you, striving, he says, you need to stop striving so that I can show up strong on your behalf so that you can know that I'm God. Um, that word, surrender your anxiety. Another word in the Strong's was relax. Relax. Isn't that cool? Relax. There is something that for whatever reason that we try to do is we try to make things happen for us. We try to make ourselves better. We try to make ourselves good. We try, we try to uh, make the plan of God happen for us. They, we, we just keep trying and he says, relax. I'll tell you a story. Once upon a time. No. Um, <laughs> you know, back in September, I think it was September, I'm pretty sure. Um, you know what? I felt like I was just running Reagan, you know, and I and so I'd pray and I'd, I'd spend time with God, but it wasn't, it wasn't my normal spending time with God. It, it wasn't like I normally have it. It was more, it was more repetition for me. Not even, repetition's not the right word. I was praying, but I wasn't, it wasn't the closeness that I'm used to. But I was just, trying to make sure that I got everything done and stay on top of things and you know and then there had to get to this and then I had to do this and then there was this issue and this problem and I needed to pray about that and I just you know and I felt like I was running on empty and so I went one morning I went to the presence of God and I was like okay you know I just need to get filled up here and so God and I'm trying to worship and I'm trying to get into his presence and you know have that breakthrough and God says to me, Megan, I want you to be still. And I'm like, okay, trying to be still, you know, and I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking about that. And he's saying, Megan, he kept saying, Megan, be still, Megan, be still. And I'm like, I, I am, you know, like I, I'm, I'm trying, but this isn't Megan, be still. And so I sat there for a moment and I just like almost wanting to give up because I, I'm exhausted, God. And he says, I want to spend time with you. Not you and everything that you have to do today. Not you and all of the issues. Does he care? Absolutely he cares. But I just want to spend time with you, Megan. Be still. Megan, just be here with me. And it was in that moment that I just felt like it broke. And so I just, uh, I had a wonderful time in his presence and it, it was wonderful. And then I felt like he said to me, okay, now ask of me. Now ask of me. And so I 
then began to say, God, I really need a breakthrough in this area. God, I, I need, I, I, I'm, I really need your help here. And he said to me, and it was when he said it, it was like it came out of him. He said, okay, be it unto you as you have asked. It was like a, it was like a dad took, you know, when you ask your dad for money or something, it was like he took money out of his back pocket and just like, there you go. Not that I was asking for money, but it was just like I asked and it was, it came out of him just, okay, here you go. And it was in that moment that I realized, be still and know that I am God, that you can be here and you can be with me and you can be still and you will see me act on your behalf. That the striving and the anxiety isn't helping you any. You can come and be with me and then I can be strong on your behalf. Then I can show you that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. In Psalms 31 it says, I trust you, Lord, to be my hiding place. Don't let me down. Don't let my enemies bring me to shame. Come and rescue me, for you are the only God who always does what is right. Rescue me quickly when I cry to you. At the sound of my prayer, may your ear be turned to me. Be my strong shelter and hiding place on high. Pull me into victory and breakthrough. Pull me in to victory and breakthrough. Right there speaks of no striving, that I'm trying to get my victory. I'm trying to get my breakthrough. I'm trying to do this. No, no, no. He wants to pull you in to your breakthrough. He wants to pull you in to your victory. In mercy, you have seen my troubles and you have called and you have cared for me. Even during the crisis in my soul, I will be radiant with joy, filled with praise for your love and mercy. You have kept me from being conquered by my enemy. You broke open the way to bring me to freedom into a beautiful, broad place. You broke open the way to bring me to freedom into a beautiful, broad place. That there are some that have been crying out to be set free. And God highlighted that part of the verse for me. He says, because God is going to break through on your behalf and bring you into a place of freedom like you've never had before. And in that freedom, you are going to walk into a new place. You're going to walk into a wide open space, a space of freedom where you once were chained and you were stuck in, um, you were stuck where you at, where you were at. You couldn't go anywhere. You couldn't get free. He is breaking the chains that have held you so that you can walk into a broad open place and the doors that will be open to you there. Then it says, my life, my every moment, my destiny is all in your hands so I know you can deliver me. Your life, your every moment, your destiny is in his hands. I wanna go to Joshua. 
Joshua 6. Now Jericho, a fortified city, I'm just going to read a little bit. A fortified city with high walls was tightly closed because of the people's fear of the sons of Israel. No one went out or came in. The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and its mighty warriors. Now you shall march around the city, all of the men of war circling the city once. You shall do this once each day for six days. Also, seven priests shall carry seven trumpets made of ram's horns ahead of the ark. Then on the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow their trumpets when they make a long blast with the ram's horn. And when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall cry out with a great shout, with a battle cry, and the wall of the city will face, and the people shall go up, each man going straight ahead, climbing over the rubble. Okay, so I just want to go to verse 2. Well, first of all, it's talking about Jericho. It says, it was a fortified city with high walls. No one went in, no one went out. It was a strong, mighty city with high walls. No one could get in, no one could get out. And in verse 2, God says to Joshua, See, I have given you Jericho. And that stuck out to me because... Joshua is standing there looking at a city that is closed tight. Nobody can get in. Nobody can get out. The walls are very high. It's a strong city. And God says, see, I've given you this city. And when I began to read it, when God highlighted it to me, it was how many times do we look at our issues and look at our walls and look at the things that we have to come and God says, I've given you this. He's given us these promises. I've given you this. But we're staring at something that is strong and fortified and seems like I can't even get into that promise and that promise isn't coming to me. But what God was doing was calling Joshua to come and see from a different point of view. To come and see from his point of view. See, look, I want to show you something. I have a promise for you. Come up here and let me show you. So he says to Joshua, see, and so then he gives Joshua a bunch of instructions to march around the city. Nobody say anything. All of you guys march around the city. And they do this day after day after day. And I think, okay. Can you imagine what Joshua must have been thinking? Because this was nothing like Joshua had ever seen before. This was new for him. Joshua had never seen walls come down by marching around them. But now God was calling him to do something different. So here he is leading this group of people to do something that he's never done before, never seen God act before, and he has to trust that obeying God's voice will bring the end result that he promised. And can you imagine every night Joshua lays his head down on the pillow like not one piece of that wall, of that wall moved. 
And I thought to myself, in fact, I wrote it down. I said, Megan, will you continue to keep trusting God even when it looks like the walls aren't moving? Will you continue to trust that God is moving even when the walls aren't? Even when you can't see him moving, will you trust that the promise he said over you is still moving forward? I'm going to go to Elijah real quick. Elijah, Elijah's not a book in the Bible, sorry. 1 Kings 18. We're going to talk about Elijah though. Uh, 1 Kings 18, it says, Now it happened after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the face of the earth. So Elijah went to show himself to Ahab. Okay, so it says right there, go show yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the face of the earth. There was a drought and God gave Elijah a promise saying, I will send rain. So go show yourself to Ahab. So Elijah does that. He goes, shows himself to Ahab. They have a show off between the prophets of Baal and uh, Elijah. Elijah, they called down fire and it didn't come. Elijah, he wet everything and he wet the wood and he wet, put water all around it. He called down fire. Fire came and burnt up everything. And um, so now we have verse 41. It says, now Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of the roar of an abundance of rain. So God gives a promise to Elijah, says, there's going to be rain. I'm going to send rain. So he has this promise. And now there's still no evidence. But Elijah knows that he's obeyed what God has told him to do. And so he says to Ahab, I hear the sound. Much like Joshua, where God says, see, I've given you this city. Elijah is tapping into something else. He hears the abundance of rain. He is tapping into something supernatural because God gave a promise. So now he hears that it's coming. And so Elijah goes up on a hill and he sends a servant. He says, I want you to go look towards the sea. We can read this. Go up and look towards the sea. So he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. Elijah said, go back. So the servant goes and he's looking for anything that's the resemblance of rain. Anything that's the resemblance of the promise that God had given to Elijah. And he goes and he looks, there's nothing. He comes back and Elijah says, go again. He goes, he looks, there's nothing. Elijah says, go back. He, come, he, go, he goes and looks again. By the third time, for sure there's got to be something. There's nothing, nothing. But didn't God give him this promise? Is God true to his word? 
he is. Elijah knows this. Go back and look again. He goes back. He does this seven times. And on the seventh time, he sees a cloud the size of a man's hand. Now, has anyone ever got up in the morning and it is like bright blue skies and there is a cloud in the sky the size of your hand and you immediately thought, it's about to pour. Think about that, right? He, he sees a cloud a size of a man's hand, not dark clouds, not heavy rain clouds, not the sprinkle of rain, one cloud the size of your hand. I have man hands, so I can say that. <laughs> one cloud the size of your hand, and he immediately recognizes that there is evidence that a promise is on its way. And here's the crazy thing, is I've been reading this, and I realize that there are many things that God has brought evidence of the promise, but I got frustrated because the promise hasn't come yet, but here there has been evidence of the promise showing up all along. And God showed me that many of you have been waiting for the promise and you've gotten frustrated and you've gotten upset, but he's been sending you evidence all along that the promise is on the way. Then get this. He says, so he goes, looks towards the sea, went up, looked, there's nothing. Elijah said, go back seven times. And at the seventh day, the servant said, a cloud, as small of a man's hand, is coming up from the sea. And then the next verse, or same verse, he says, Elijah said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down so that the rain shower does not stop you. In a little while, the sky grew dark with clouds and wind, and there were heavy showers. And I point to this. Immediately, when he saw the cloud the size of a man's hand, not heavy rain showers, not the promise fully to come, Elijah goes to Ahab and says, prepare your chariot. And I read this and God says, tell them it's prepping time. Tell them it's time to prepare. You don't prepare once the baby gets there. You prepare as it comes. You prepare your bedroom. You prepare for a crib. You begin to get diapers. You prepare for the baby. You don't prepare once the baby gets there. And God says, it's prepping time. When I was at CFCM, Jonathan Bounce, uh, you guys know, he preached. And he, he gave an example of something that just, it was so good. He said, their church have had, has had many um, prophetic words over it. And it was that, get ready. Enlarge, enlarge the place of your tent. People are coming. They're coming. People are coming. This place is going to explode. There's going to be so many people coming in. Get ready, get ready, get ready. And he said they'd say, praise God, people are coming. And, and, and this church is going to grow and it's going to be blessed. Praise God. 
and it never happened. And so year after year, same word, get ready, get ready, nothing. So he said him and his mom were having a conversation like, okay, let's look at these words. What? And he said, we missed it. God was saying, get ready. Enlarge, get ready, get ready, get ready. And he said, we never got ready. We missed it. So if there's, I just believe that it's prepping time. It's time for you to begin to prepare. For whatever it was that you've been waiting for, that you've been praying for, that you've been believing God for, begin to prepare for the blessing. Begin to prepare for the manifestation. You've seen evidence of it, but now it's time to prepare. So if there's some of you that have callings on your life, maybe some of you was to minister, begin to prepare your message. Maybe there's some of you that have wanted to go into business. It's time to get your outline. It's time to get your business plan. Begin to prepare. If some of you have been waiting for children, it's time to prepare. If some of you have been waiting for relationships to, to men, it's time to prepare. Hear this, it's serious, it's time to prepare. And then Psalms 126, he speaks of a time, and I know I've preached this before, but 2019 is a time of restoration. It's a time where things will be restored. Psalms 126 says, It was like a dream come true when you freed us from the bondage and brought us back to Zion. We laughed and laughed and overflowed with gladness. There's some of you who have lost your joy. You have lost your laugh. You think back and wait a second, it's been a long time since I've actually laughed. This is being restored to you. He says, we were left shouting for joy and singing your praise. All the nations saw it and joined in saying, the Lord has done great miracles for them. 2019 will be a year of incredible miracles. The wonders of God. He says, yes, he did mighty miracles and we are overjoyed. Now, Lord, do it again. Restore to us your, our former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until our dry hearts are drenched again. Refreshing, refreshing is coming. And then it says, those who sow their tears as seeds will reap a harvest with joyful shouts of glee. They may weep as they go out carrying their seed to sow, but they will return with joyful laughter and shouting with gladness as they bring back armloads of blessing and a harvest overflowing. Uh, those who have sown their seeds or their tears as seeds was something that God highlighted. There has been some that have, that have cried, they have wept, that have interceded, that have prayed. God says, I saw it and I took it as seed see the harvest of those tears in Psalms 30 it says Lord I will exalt you and lift you high for you have lifted me on high 
Over all my boasting, gloating enemies, you made me to triumph. Oh, Lord, my healing God, I cried out for a miracle, and you healed me. You brought me back from the brink of death, from the depths below. Now here I am, alive and well and fully restored. That, that there, are, there are those that have been waiting for a healing in their body and in their mind. And that healing is being, will come into full, will come into its fullness and you will stand and you will say, I am here, I am well, and I am fully restored. In Psalms 4 verse 1 it says, God, you are my righteousness, my champion defender. Answer me when I cry for help. Whenever I was in distress, you enlarged me. Whenever I was in distress, you enlarged me. Distress, distress speaks of anxiety. Distress speaks of depression. Distress speaks of a lot of hard things which God never brings. But there are those who have gone through it and have gone through a year of being very distressed, very heavy, very hard. And God says, yes, you went through that and it was hard. He says, but while you were going through it, I enlarged you. I enlarged you. Whenever I was in distress, you enlarged me. And he enlarged your capacity to carry. He is enlarging your capacity to carry other people, enlarging your capacity to carry what he has called you to carry. He's enlarged it. And then there's those that have said this, my ship has sailed. I heard these exact words, someone saying, my ship has sailed. It's too late for me. I've missed the boat. <laughs> and God said, no. Because I breathed my breath back on it. And that boat's coming back around. And then there's someone else that said this. They said, I'm lost. I am lost. I don't even know. And God says, you're not lost. You've been found by me. My hand is on your life. You're not lost. In Psalms 25, it says, but still one question remains. How do I live in the holy fear of God? Show me the right path to take. Then prosperity and favor will be my portion, and my descendants will inherit all that is good. There's a private place reserved for the lovers of God, where they sit near him and receive the revelation secrets of his promise. I believe that this year, 
is a year where we're going to go into deeper intimacy with him. That we're going to go into a new revelation of what it is like to have relationship with the Father, to be intimate with the Father. And there's a private place that is reserved just for you. And out of this relationship, out of that will flow revelation. Out of it will flow revelation Look at that. Receive the revelation. When you go into the private place that was reserved for the lovers of God, where they sit near him, they receive a revelation on the secrets of his promises. That revelation will flow, but out of this, out of this intimacy with the Father, out of this private place with him will come the fear of God. Not the fear of God where you're scared of him, the fear of the goodness of God. You will stand in awe of who he is because of his goodness. You will begin to see the very nature of the Father. You will begin to see the goodness of who he is. And out of that will come the fear of God. I'm just about finished. The last thing is from Proverbs 29 to 25. And it was a warning. And it says this, Fear and intimidation is a trap that holds you back. But when you place your confidence in the Lord, you will be seated in the high place. Fear and intimidation is a trap. That there are many things that are going to break wide open for many people. Things that they have waited on. Things that they have stood on and believed on. Things that are coming back around. Healings, manifestations, things that are going to happen. But this was the warning. Fear and intimidation is a trap. It is to stop you from receiving the fullness so notice in your day-to-day -day, when there is fear, when there is intimidation, it is not you, it is not from you, it is from the enemy, and it has come to trap you. And then it says, but when you place your confidence in the Lord, you will be seated in a high place. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you and even show you great and mighty things, things that have been confined and hidden, which you do not know and understand and cannot distinguish. It's going to be an incredible, incredible year of things that we have never seen before. That there will be doors that open that... You know, like the Bible says, exceedingly, abundantly above all we could ask or think. So we must now listen 
obey, pay attention to what he's doing, be alert to what he's doing, let go of anything from the past and any attachments to the familiar. You know, sometimes we're attached, you know, to what was, you know, often when we think of the, you know, revivals that, that once were. And when someone says revival, you immediately picture that same thing happening. Like, oh, revival's coming. Oh, people will be rolling around on the ground laughing. But no attachments to the familiar. I would have lost heart had I not believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. We're going to see the goodness of God in its fullness. It's going to be an awesome year. Father, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for your hand on our lives for this past year how you led and you guided us and you protected us and you took care of us. It was a wonderful year. Even though it had hardships and even though there were tough times, Father, you were there. You were with us. You kept us. You surrounded us. You protected us. Thank you, God. I just want to give you all the praise and all the glory. So, Father, going into this new year, I put my confidence and my trust in you. That you are God on the throne and I am not. I don't need to make it happen. I don't need to be God. I do a terrible job of it. So, Holy Spirit, that you would remind me every day to stop striving, to stop trying to be God, to stop trying to make things happen, but be still and know that He is God, that you are God on the throne. Thank you, Father. We love you. Amen.